Hello and welcome to Being Boss episode number 88. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks Cloud Accounting. Being boss in work and life is being in it. It's being who we are, doing the work, breaking some rules, and even though we each have to do it on our own, being boss is knowing we're in it together. Today's episode is all about relationships. So we're going to be talking about making friends, sustaining and maintaining relationships with your partners, being a mom, networking, all of all things relationships. We've been getting lots of questions around being mom bosses, lots of questions around how to make friends, and that's what we're going to dive into today. I want to pause here. We're talking about friendships in today's episode, and I want to talk about money and friendships and relationships. And I think one of the best things that you can do as a creative entrepreneur is talk about money with your trusted friends. Let's break the taboo around the money topic so that we can all make a little bit more of it. But it's also really important to know your numbers. So keeping track of your expenses and your income is a great place to start. And our sponsor, FreshBooks Cloud Accounting, is a really amazing way to do that. I personally use FreshBooks and just think that it's so easy and intuitive. I don't have a degree in accounting and I don't really feel like I have a lot of time to look at my money, but it makes it so, so easy. So you can try your free trial of FreshBooks today by going to freshbooks.com slash beingboss and enter being boss in the how did you hear about us section. Also, they have a really great blog where they're talking about money. So be sure to check that out too. I promise it's not boring. All right, back to our episode. All right, let's dive right in and talk about making friends as an adult. And let's just separate it from the creative entrepreneur world, though there might be a blend, there might be an overlap, but let's talk about how do you make friends. So Emily, you just moved to Chattanooga. Did you already have friends there? No, I knew no one here. I'm pretty sure. I'm trying to think really fast. I don't think I knew anyone here. Nope. And do you have friends now in Chattanooga? We do have friends. We have a lot of friends. And I'll tell you our secret. Lily. (laughs) (laughs) Having a kid will get you friends. That has been the opposite of my experience. (laughs) I've lost all my friends since having a kid. Well, Lily is literally one of the most, like, friendly, like, almost, almost obnoxiously friendly people I think I've ever met in a way that is really magnificent. Like, whenever we moved into our neighborhood, she's the one who went and met all of our neighbors and practically drugged them over to meet us because, you know, Dave and I are just going to take out our trash and kind of, like, shyly wave and go about our business. Not Lily. Nope. Not going to happen. Um, so Lily definitely brought at least all of our, at least all of our neighbor friends to us. Um, but we've made, we've made friends otherwise, um, through a lot through being boss actually. So a lot of bosses reached out to me whenever they heard that I was moving to Chattanooga and I've met and cultivated some relationships that way. Um, so yeah, we've cultivated a fun little tribe of people. It was really funny. About two or three months ago, we had our annual Smash Bash, which is just a fun studio thing. And we, uh, we've we been doing it the past couple of years in Florence, and we did it here this year. And less than less than a year after living in a new place, I had a house full of people of like new friends that we had made, both neighbors and some being boss people. And it was, I, I remember standing aside at one point thinking, high five, like, 
way to like move to a new place and and create relationships with people in a way that is just happy. And explain what a smash bash is. Sure. So it's cocktail party. Um, <laughs> so smashes are cocktails. They're really simple to make. Um, crushed ice is imperative. That's where the smashiness um, comes. Actually, I guess the smashiness comes from smashing up fruit and um, herbs and simple syrup, putting that with some crushed ice and some liquor and boozing it up. <laughs> Do you know I make a really good drink? Do you? What do you make? I make really good drinks. So ever since I was little, too. That'll make you friends right there. Literally, if you can make just a solid cocktail, pick one one cocktail that you can master. And it can be an easy one. Like, if you can make a solid gin and tonic high five, you'll make friends. You'll make friends. So I make a really mean white Russian. Mm. That was my first drink I learned how to make. I've never had a white Russian. (gasps) I should make you a white Russian. Are you weird about, like... Mixing a little your milk and alcohol <laughs> a little bit that wears me out it also reminds me so chattanooga i've heard jokes about chattanooga being the birthplace of the original hipster and um there's a place here that does brunch and one of their one of their brunch cocktails is a white russian where they use cereal infused milk which really just means the leftover milk in your cereal bowl becomes <laughs> the base of a cocktail um and the first time i saw it on the menu i was just like shit chattanooga right there. that's really gross <laughs> isn't it um my mom doesn't like drinking but she really loves my pina coladas so every summer when we nice. go on vacation in florida i make my whole family pina coladas or i can also make a good margarita so those are like the ones that i'm really good at i would like to get into learning how to make um darker drinks like like a old-fashioned or whiskey sour things like that anyway I love the idea of a smash bash, and I want to point this out that doing fun things takes hard work. (laughs) As a kid, it doesn't seem like it. Like, as a kid, it's so easy to make friends because guess what? Your parents are setting everything up for you. But as an adult, you have to set it up for yourself. And I love the idea of having just an annual party so that you can rely on it every single year and it can have a theme. And so it just is an expectation and not so much an obligation. Yeah. And I'll tell you the reason why I like the Smash Bash. And it's really like if you want to learn more about Smash Bashes, I have, I think, a blog post on my blog, emilymthompson.com. Go to the bottom archives. Um, or and we'll then, include a link to it in our oh, yeah. show notes. Perfect. And then I also did a Smash Bash kit with Crafted um, crafted Taste, which is a cocktail delivery box service. Um, it, you can find that on my site as well. So um, Smash Bashes are really fun. And I do them every year. This is the third year that we've done it. And I'll do them for because I think they're genius. They're really actually pretty easy to put together. Like smashes are the easiest cocktails ever. Lay out some fruit, lay out some herbs, have a bottle of simple syrup and some booze and people can mix them themselves and it's a lot of fun. But yes, doing something like that where every year, no matter where you are, because every year it's always different people who show up, no matter where you are, who's around, like you make drinks, people are going to come. Even if people don't drink, they'll come around just to watch everyone else drink. Like it's, it's pretty entertaining stuff. And, um, we've cultivated some great relationships that way. And it is, we do it every like June, July. It's something we do every year. It's not too terribly hard, but it does take some work. Like you do have to mindfully do it. Okay. Here's another question. I know that you're more introverted Mm -hmm. and that putting on something like a smash bash 
it probably wears you out, right? Like just emotionally and mentally afterward. Like how do you psych yourself up as an introvert to have a party? Booze. (laughs) (laughs) No, so like I I am introverted. I don't go into anything thinking, oh, like I'm in, like I'm not shy. I'm not a shy person. I am, I'm definitely one of those people who, who's going to let other people talk more so than I'm going to do the talking. Um, And that's just, that has nothing to do with me being introverted. I don't think, I think it's just different parts of me. Um, But like after I have them, I go to bed or like I will, I, I usually, unless I'm hosting a party, I have no problem leaving early. Like if I just get tapped out and I need to like say goodbye and go home and go to bed um, or spend the next day just totally vegging out. Um, So being an introvert, I don't think really affects my ability to throw a party. Um, It actually allows, I think, other people to come and like be a little more of like the fun of the party because I'm not there being nuts. I'm just taking photos of everyone else being nuts <laughs> i like to be nuts at a party yeah <laughs> the next day i'm always like what did i say one of my what very one of my very favorite memories of kathleen would definitely be the yacht in miami thank you fresh books uh at being balls miami where i was out on like the back little balcony of a yacht and i come in and kathleen is catwalking down this room and with this look on her face that was just she's about to slaughter some folks or something. I don't even know. It was amazing. It's one of my, and it's just Kathleen. There she goes. High five. I don't <laughs> even remember that. But um, I have found that my favorite way to make friends as an adult is to just simply get out of the house and to work from a coffee shop. And here's, okay, so here's what I found. Whenever I work in a public place, I always run into friends who are with friends who then become acquaintances. And so it's almost like a friend funnel. (laughs) Like you've got the top (laughs) of your funnel, which are your acquaintances and people you've seen around simply complimenting people. I mean, even I just think about even um, going to the coffee shop all the time, having the same barista every time and then running into that person at an art show a few months down the line. We already have this like thing in common, which is she takes my coffee order all the time. And now I can say, hey, and interact with her in a different way, in a different context and in a different setting. And I found that that is just a like making a lot of acquaintances then turns into friends. Does that yeah. make sense? Like, just get out of your house. Definitely. And get out of your house and, like, put your happy face on. Like, especially, like, in the clubhouse, I know, and just around always. Like, resting bitch face is legit. Like, I don't mean to have it. I've had it my entire life. Always have these people like, Emily, why are you so mad all the time? I'm not mad. This is just my face. <laughs> Basically, um, but like being mindful about the bitch face when you're out and about, I think can make you more inviting to people. Um, but yeah, working from a coffee shop or just genuinely smiling at people when you're at the grocery store um, or chatting with the people who are checking you out at the gr- like whatever. I go to the grocery store a lot, so that's always where I get my human interaction. Um, but but definitely like going out, getting out of your house and putting your happy face on, um, and seeing, like, who you run into, if you meet a new friend over by the Kiwis, like, whatever it may be, um, but one of my things is, like, is you don't have to be going out and meeting 
tons of people all the time. Like, you know, what is there's only like space in your brain for 150 people. Is that yes. Yeah. Like 150 people. I heard that the other day and I've been thinking about it so much, especially for this episode. Right. So like maybe it's not even that you need to meet new people. Maybe it's just that, just that you need to nurture the relationships with the people you already know. So this I is 100 percent agree. Right. So and I don't know. So many people like making making new friends. And we get, we've had this question a couple of times, making new friends as an adult, especially like Lily has the easiest time ever making new friends. Like it is admirable. It's almost obnoxious, but it's admirable. Uh, as an adult, it's definitely like significantly harder. So maybe it's not about making new friends, but nurturing the relationships that you already have. And to do that, I think you you just make it a priority. Like locally, you know, have a couple of friends. We have lunch date at least once a month. Like Every couple of weeks, one of us will email the other because we know it's time and we want to keep these relationships going. We don't we don't chat with, e- with each other all the time. We're not like texting buddies necessarily unless something crazy is going on. Um, but we do make a point to have lunch with each other once a month or have cocktails with each other to wind down on a Friday evening or whatever it may be. The point is, is that one of us, and it's always one of us, will email the other or text the other and make those plans consistently. And so it's not about going out and finding new friends. It's just about like hanging out with the ones that you already have and making a sincere point to do so. I have found that one of the best ways to make friends, even as a kid, is to make friends with people that you're in the trenches with. So as a kid in elementary school, you're in the trenches in school, right? Um, As an adult, I find that it happens at the gym, you know, places like so I think that joining a CrossFit gym is a really great way to make new friends if you're into CrossFit. But whatever your hobby might be, join an organized activity around that hobby and you're going to find like minded people. I have become really close friends with a lot of my clients. And I'm not saying that you should become friends with every single client. And sometimes that can lead to really sticky situations. But being in the trenches with my clients has created really great friendships. Um, They're relationships that usually are formed after you're done working with each other, too. Just sort of like draw that pretty little line. So you do the work together. And then if it's fantastic, then you keep in touch every week or two or three to see how it's going. Schedule a Skype date and a lunch date if possible. And then finally, um, making friends with I will say that there is a blend of making friends with creative collaborators. So you know, even with you, Emily, we had a business bestie relationship where we were getting on the phone and talking shop and we decided to record it and turn it into a podcast. (laughs) But now we see each other multiple times a week. And um, I would definitely consider you one of my one inch square friends. So the one inch square is Brene Brown's um, philosophy of people whose opinions really matter. And she explains this in, I think, in her most recent book, Rising Strong. And basically, take out a one-inch square piece of paper and write as many names as possible as you can on it of, like, your very closest friends. And that's the only people whose opinions matter. <laughs> so anyway, um, so yeah, I think that being in the trenches with someone is a great way to make friends. 
And then, oh, what I was going to say, and we just spoke with Christy Alstelet on a podcast recording about conferences and attending conferences. I have made some serious online friendships that have taken to the next level by meeting offline. So I, I consider online friends real life. Like that is real life. But then getting FaceTime definitely takes it to a whole new level. So that's why I'm so glad that we created the Being Boss Clubhouse, which is a place for other creatives to really connect with each other and to hopefully take the conversations that we're having in our Slack chat into direct messages where people are forging their own business bestie friendships and even traveling to hang out with each other. Yeah, and I want to point out, too, whenever you take these relationships, like the online world relationships, like every one of the really great ones that I have started with an email. Like, that's all. Like, it was just an email. Like, I can even two of my really good local friends now, I just went and had lunch, actually, Autumn, from episode something or other, Autumn Whitboyd, she's a lawyer and fantastic. She's one of my local friends that um, we have lunch together at least once a month. Uh, she's a Being Boss listener. We've had her on the podcast. She's super fab and fantastic in all ways. We hired her. She's Right, we hired lawyer. her. She is our lawyer. Um, but our relationship began with, I think it was her emailing me. Like her shooting me an email because she lived in Chattanooga. She heard on the podcast that I was moving and wanted to introduce herself. And I think I've told this story around these parts before. But whenever David and I were moving to Chattanooga, we made like we had a conversation where we need to find two friends. We need to find a lawyer friend and a police officer friend because you <laughs> never know. And almost immediately, someone came through purchasing Bing Boss New Orleans and it was Autumn from Chattanooga. And we were like, holy shit, like dream come true. And then she emailed and now we're totally buddies. Um, another one of my really good local friends, she emailed me. She was a listener of the podcast, knew that I was, um, in Chattanooga. She was moving to Chattanooga and wanted to introduce herself. I can think of another one of my really good friends. And like all of these are online buddies that turned into really great real life friends, even though there really isn't that much of a, like face to face friends. How about that? Um, Erica Midkiff, who is a, who we've also had on the podcast. Like she shot me an email a couple of years ago. She had found me on social media um, thought it was cool that there was another like Alabama based online creative in the world, shot me an email and we've been friends for years and like chat often. She's came to stay at my house before, <laughs> like total friends. And every one of these relationships started as an email. So just, Hey, I know that you live near me or around me, or you do something similar to what I do. Let's chat. And one conversation, usually over Skype, turns into like 20 more and then cocktails one night and goofy stories and then that weird time with the hot dog man in New Orleans. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> that is a whole other story. There's a hot dog vendor that admitted to Emily and a couple of other bosses that he had just killed a man the week before. Right. Let's move on. So and then we ate that hot dog. One thing that I like that you mentioned here is that you got really specific about the kind of friend that you wanted. You wanted a lawyer friend and a police officer friend. But I think that there is something to that. And I don't know if you ever did this as a kid whenever you were you know, looking for qualities of a boyfriend and like making a list of yes. the most dreamy person you yes. can think of. So I think the same applies for the kinds of friends that you want to make. I've heard many times that you are the sum of the five closest people you hang out with the most. So it's really important to 
be picky. I think especially as an adult, because we don't have as much time for friendships as you do as a kid, right? We have families, we have businesses, Hanging out for lunch or drinks once a month is about all I can maintain whenever it comes to friendships these days. Even in college or, you know, post-college, whenever before I had a family like I do now, I was hosting a dinner party every single week. And it was always so much fun and such a great way to nurture friendships. And sometimes I feel like, oh my gosh, do I not have friends? Um, Because I don't maintain my friendships in the same way that I used to. But I think that's also an important thing as an adult to remember that your life stages are changing. The kinds of relationships and friendships that you had in your teens and 20s are not going to be the same in your 30s and 40s. And in so many ways, it's even better. Like my friends now... I just go on vacation with them. You know, my my <laughs> right? very best friend, I see once a year and probably talk to her even less because she's a little bit farther away. And we always pick right up where we left off. And it's that kind of deep friendship that I'm really looking for, like the kinds of friendships that can really stand the test of time and really stand the test of all the other things pulling at my intention, including my toddler and my husband and my businesses. So anyway, but back to you getting specific about the kind of friend that you want to have. I think it's really important to just make a list of the qualities that you want in a friend and really get specific about what that is and choose your friends accordingly or look at the friends that you already have or acquaintances and say, you know what, that person really matches that quality that I'm looking for in a friend I'm going to invite her over for a drink or to go for grab lunch. Everyone loves yeah. brunch. No, I, I agree. It is. It's it's about making them a priority. And I can even think of like family relationships like my grandmother. <laughs> I try to call my grandmother every Sunday. She actually called me today and it totally threw me off. It's like, it's not Sunday. But it was great hearing from her. But it, like... I make a point to have a conversation with her at least every two weeks, if not every week. Um, And same thing for same thing for, you know, lifelong friends that I've had, like the kinds of really great friends where I don't have to see you every month for us to maintain a friendship. Like we're friends forever, whether we like it or not. And but I still like at least once a month, we'll like try to send them a funny photo or like funny joke or some stupid sign I saw across town that I know that they would find humor in or whatever it may be. It's making a point of keeping those contacts like alive and well. Um, And that's like real life friends, long term friends, new friends, whatever it may be. Make it a priority. And it doesn't have to be like the the first thing you do every morning when you wake up. Like I actually don't recommend that at all. I have had a couple of those friends in my life. Um, But knowing that, you know, Friday afternoon is honestly whenever I usually sit down and try to send out a couple of friend texts. Like as I'm wrapping up my day, that's when that happens. My grandmother call comes on Sunday. Like it's kind of a cyclical thing where I have my my time of the week that I make those connections. Um, And... I make them. I love the idea of creating habits and routines around connections. And I don't think that effortlessness is an indicator in the quality of your friendship. And that really scheduling out interacting with your friends is a really cool way to make sure that you are able to nurture those relationships. I was just thinking whenever you were talking about that, our hot shit 200 list. And we've used it before to get really great 
clients, podcast guests, and sponsors, but you could also use the Hot Shit 200 list, and we'll include a link so that you can download that in our show notes for your friendships, and maybe limit it to 150, since you only have room in your brain for 150 people. Like maybe your top five or 10 are your closest friendships, and then in the column next to it, you note the last time you hung out with them, and then it might really spur you to get excited or enthusiastic about holding a dinner party, or a cocktail party, or going to brunch, um, or even going on a vacation and getting something on the calendar. And then with the rest of that list, it could be um, acquaintances or friendships online or off that you want to just maintain a little bit and sending someone an email or shooting them an Instagram direct message, whatever it might be. There are lots of great ways to prioritize a friendship that does not take a whole lot of time. Definitely. So let's bring it home then a little bit and let's talk about your home relationships because... Outside of home relationships, on some level, it's easier because <laughs> you get to choose when you see those people. But like your partner, your kid, let's dive into that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so we wanted to record this episode initially thinking that we would be talking about being bosses and being moms. Um, and we talked about that a little bit on episode number eight, if you guys want to hear more about us being moms. But I've really, and since episode eight, Fox has grown quite a bit. So he's gone from, I mean, probably whenever we recorded that episode, he was maybe one or one and a half. And now he's two and a half and a completely different person than he was then. And really starting, to, it's starting to feel like a relationship with my kid. And I know, Emily, you've been talking about really prioritizing your relationship with Lily because she's now what eight nine eight so she's eight years old and is really starting to make her childhood memories like the stuff that is going to last forever and I feel like you've gotten really intentional about making sure that you are creating memories and an environment that is going to feel so good for her to remember so I would actually love to hear from you because I think that that's what I really want to create for Fox and I look up to you as a mom and a boss who's making it do and I want to do the same for Fox so tell me more about like yeah tell me more about getting intentional around that and like what you've been doing and have you I, I feel like you've been really trying to scale back on your work hours and Obviously, you homeschool. So, yeah, dive in. Tell me about it. Sure. So, yeah, definitely. Lily's at the age now where, like, she's starting to remember things. And it makes me, like, really want to be really intentional about making sure the things she remembers aren't really fucked up. So, (laughs) so, yeah. So, we talk a lot at Being Boss about, like, our business goals and, like, our intention setting around our business. And, like, that's only about 35 hours of my life, like, of my week life is, um, is work. And so all the other hours and all of my other intentions, like whenever it comes to whenever it comes to doing like just sort of monthly goal setting, especially like some new moon shit. If you guys want to go listen to uh, the Lunar Abundance episode with um, with Ezzy Spencer, I'm in her Lunar Abundance salon, totally recently joined and I'm loving it. Um, But most of my personal goals are not around business. Like business is okay. I've put enough energy there. Um, A lot of my personal goals certainly go into my family and in particular my kid because we do spend so much time with her. I want that time to be as intentional as possible. And it is really difficult because I am working from home. So, um, but what I found her helps a whole lot is one, creating some solid boundaries. Like Lily knows that whenever 
I'm in my studio and the door is closed, don't even speak to me. <laughs> like, unless you're bleeding, I don't want to hear about it. Um, and, you know, David's in there taking care of her. And um, it works out really great. But whenever I'm not working, I am really mindful about not working. So whenever I leave the studio, I... Um, I try hard and sometimes it's really difficult. I am pretty envious sometimes of people who have commutes, which is kind of a messed up thing to say, (laughs) but to have that buffer time between work and home would be nice. And it's not something that I get to enjoy. Um, As soon as I leave this room, I am thrown right into whatever mess is going on in my house, which can be anything from, you know, a fight over a book or TV time, or something burning in the kitchen. Um, but um, it is something where I try to like take a few moments before I leave the studio. I go out and I try to be at home. And um, and we homeschool for lots of reasons. Um, for you know, because one, it doesn't fit our schedule. <laughs> like I don't like getting up that early in the morning. Having to go pick her up midday is no good. And it doesn't work with her schedule either. Her body rhythms are very different from school times um and just our views on education all the things um but we've really made homeschool our priority and we're really bumping that up this year as we're moving into third grade um with really needing to spend some time on a weekly basis to make sure that she's getting properly educated and we do this by we invest in some tutors and some um some homeschool classes and things around town so that she can have that away from home experience and learning from someone else um but we also invest a lot of our own time in spending with her um mindfully doing some schoolwork which she does not love like don't even <laughs> this is not some like this is painful for everyone sometimes but it really works <laughs> out better for all of us um and it just like all of our like being boss things in work it's about habits and routines it's about knowing what we're going to be doing every day and doing it every day it's about setting some hardcore boundaries around you know whenever I'm working this is what life looks like whenever you know you're allowed to be on the tv that's what this looks like when you're not allowed on the tv don't even ask or you're going to get grounded <laughs> so there's all kinds of things that roll into it but it takes the same sort of self-discipline um and mindfulness to to sort of create those relationships with your kid that it does with your business partner or your you know I don't know, employees or whatever it may be, or yourself in terms of running a business. So, um, so same thing, habits, routines, boundaries, and getting into the right mindset so that whenever I do leave this room, I'm not reacting off that bullshit email I just got. I'm like <laughs> leaving work at work and going in there. And another thing, another thing that I found really, really helpful is really trying hard not to ever let my kids see me on my phone. Right. Oh, and another one. My kid also does not touch my phone. Or they, she, she, David has been letting her touch his a little bit lately to play music. Even then she'll sneak and start doing other shit. Um, but that's been a really fun one that I have seen a huge difference in our ability to have an amicable relationship is that one, she doesn't see me on my phone all the time. So she knows that I'm engaged with her. And two, she's not allowed to touch my technology at all tech is changing relationships and I'm taking it back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
So I've talked a lot of shit on being a mom and having a kid <laughs> and how it's like ruining everything. But I have to say Fox is getting older and sweeter and just the more his personality comes out, the the more I love embracing the role as a mom. And so I've gotten really intentional about thinking about what kind of mom and wife and boss I want to be. And again, busting out my notebook, making a list of qualities. And it's a practice. It's a daily practice. And sometimes I totally fail and I'm not the kind of mom I want to be. And I accidentally show my kid a Snapchat filter that scares the shit out of him. (laughs) (laughs) That happened last night. So there's this Snapchat filter of a bunny, and then if you open your mouth, it turns into like a really scary, rabid bunny. And I don't even know how to Snapchat. And you thought that would be cute? Well, it was actually his babysitter that sent it to him. Like, she was like, show Fox's Snapchat. And I showed him, and he cried so hard. I felt so bad. And then he was scared of my phone. He won't remember it. It's fine. Oh, good. He was scared of my phone altogether. So he goes, Mommy. Put your phone in your pocket. Put it away. So I've been thinking about that too and just letting him know that he does have my undivided attention at times. And I'm not saying that there aren't times that I'm not playing words with friends while he's taking a bath, but whatever. It is what it is. So um, I've been getting really intentional about being the kind of mom I want to be and practicing that at an early age. And so a lot of new moms talk about travel or Um, you know, just doing the things that they want to do for themselves. And for me, I've been able to do that by, well, taking Fox on trips with me. So he's been on a lot of trips with me. And especially whenever they're under two, they fly for free in your lap. So take advantage (laughs) of it. Yeah. Right. And I just really force myself to take him out with us and to try and like bring him into our fold versus changing my life completely around him and that has been a huge adjustment and I really did have to kind of meet in the middle it wasn't quite the fantasy of me bringing him on all the adventures and it wasn't quite me turning into a total um like where he's 100% my focus it's a, it's definitely been a meet in the middle kind of situation so That's my main thing. Oh, and then the other thing that I always am a huge proponent of is daycare for your child. If you do not have enough time, if you're becoming resentful, if you're not being able to do the things that you want to do, daycare and or just getting support around childcare is a really great way to, for me, separate being boss and being mom. And I can give more of my attention and and let go of that bullshit email that I got that day <laughs> whenever I'm not also having a toddler tugging at my shirt. Yeah, definitely. And something else I really want to throw out at some mom bosses, because Lily is a lot or is older than I feel like most of our listeners' kids are. And my thing, like, you're spot on with this, like, Fox has been a baby, and babies are tough. (laughs) Babies are just, and granted, like, toddlers are tough, and Lily is at a tough age. Like, emotions are real things, guys. Um, But one, like, savor what you do have now, because it will absolutely change. And, like, change for the better in plenty of ways, but change for the worse in a lot of ways, too. Just in that, like, change is going to happen. It's going to be good and bad. So what is it that you always say, like, I don't know. What's happening now won't happen forever. Uh, you say it Wabi better. Wabi-sabi. 
Nothing maybe. is permanent. Everything changes. Oh, that yeah, maybe that's just it. Perfect. So that like, and whenever it comes to it comes to your kid and the relationship, like it will absolutely change. You're gonna become less of a poop wiper. <laughs> And more of a, like, card player. Like, Lily has started playing Rummy, which I think is amazing, except for the fact that we literally play it all the time. Um, But I also love that, like, as painful as it kind of is to have that question posed to me on a consistent basis. um, I always say yes, because I do love playing. And I think it's awesome that she's learning to play things like that. Um, So, I don't know. It definitely gets better. Things change. So, enjoy what you have now. But also, nurture it for having a really good future as well because that's one of the things like one of my long-term goals with with my kid is that we are going to be really great friends when she's a teenager I will still totally be her mom like it won't be like one of those weird relationships but we're gonna have a really good like mutual understanding of each other and it's because we're gonna work really hard on having a great relationship now and we're doing a pretty good job so far yeah, I think I finally got to the point where I just really want to enjoy the process. Like, I don't want to be pissed off all the time. And I've really been focusing on enjoying the process in my work. So why not focus on that at my home life, too? And just that shift in mindset has really helped my relationship with Fox. It certainly helped my relationship with my husband and really getting dreamy together again and starting now that Fox is getting older, we're able to start daydreaming about not just surviving the next (laughs) evening or the next day or the next, you know, I think that that's it. Like we've been thrown into these little tiny moments where we're just trying to make it through the next meltdown. And now that those are fewer and far farther between, we can start to daydream about things like, moving to a new state and what would that look like or what is our next big adventure going to look like so daydreaming is really good for my relationship agreed agreed that's doing it getting it on right and daydreaming and doing it um (laughs) maybe at the same time probably not um yeah so let's let's talk about partner relationships though then because like running a business or being an entrepreneur requires a lot more headspace I think than most traditional like nine to five jobs I mean not all of them like I know there are some nine to fives out there that will like wear you down um and takes a whole lot of brain space to do it but being an entrepreneur like having all of that weight on your shoulders can make your closest relationships kind of difficult for some people um so let's talk about that for a minute David and I have got it worked out, <laughs> more or less. I mean, we've been doing this together for a really long time. We have a really great relationship. Um, and again, that all comes with, like, boundaries as to, like, we're not talking business at the table um, and habits and routines around, like, when we're going to be working every day and what it all looks like. Um, but we also can, like, turn all of that off and just, like, daydream about things and talk about what we're going to be doing when we're 60 we're thinking about owning a campground won't that be cute Ooh, <laughs> I like it. right so I want to hear about you and Jeremy though because Jeremy has a day job like he's going to work every day he is um he has a job and then you are at home bossing it out every day tell me about that dynamic a bit yeah so it's actually always been a really handy dynamic because I've always felt a very strong sense of security in the fact that he has a day job and it's almost my 
dirty little secret whenever it comes to being a creative entrepreneur is that I get a lot of support and security from my husband and I kind of hate it you know because I want to be able to tell anyone that you don't need that but the truth is we all need each other we are human beings that need each other so whether it's your partner that's offering you a sense of security or your tribe or your mom whoever it might be I think it's I I finally reconciled that it's okay to need support from someone so it's okay to have a household of two incomes yeah (laughs) that's an okay thing it's okay (laughs) good job um a lot of people (laughs) assume that he's the breadwinner because he is an electrical engineer and the truth is i make more money than he does I don't know why. Good job. Maybe we should edit that out. No, we shouldn't. No, I think that's I think that's a perfectly reason. I mean, it didn't start out that way. Like, No, it didn't. And I'm not apologetic about making more money than him. I just think it's interesting that people make that assumption and that I'm just like at home being so cute recording my podcast and writing a few blog posts and I'm hustling this shit out, people. Anyway, um, so that doesn't that doesn't affect our relationship at all, though, which is why I thought maybe we should edit out. But we'll leave it in there. Um, okay, so he's at work all day, and it gives me a sense of security. But here's the deal. He, and I feel like he's really good about, like, his job is his job, and then he can come home and just be home. Meanwhile, I'm a creative entrepreneur. My mind is always in work. It's always on work. And so I've been having to really create and be diligent about setting boundaries for myself. And that was okay before we had a kid. Like I could work 24-7 and in general it was okay. But now my focus is getting intentional about um, having some life goals outside of work. Anyway, he wants to change jobs. Like he actually wants to change his entire career. So he wants to go from electrical engineering more into software and app development. And I know that he can do it and it's going to be so amazing whenever he finds a job. So like that's kind of his thing right now is he's job hunting and trying to build up his resume for a career shift. And it almost feels like I think how a lot of our creative entrepreneurs feel whenever they're wanting to shift from going from a full-time day job to making their side hustle a full-time gig. Like, I'm starting to feel a lot more compassionate for our listeners who are going through that journey because I feel like it's the journey that my husband's going through right now. Even though he's still looking for another day job, I don't think that he should start his own business anytime soon. Anyway, that's kind of where we're at. But in some ways, it's really brought us together, this journey that he's on, because I can do a little bit of creative coaching with him or offer him kind of some support and security in a way that um, he's offered to me. So maybe that's where I'm coming around with this being the breadwinner kind of thing. We both win a lot of bread. But maybe now with the roles reversing, I can offer him a sense of security and he can take a risk and try something new. So that's what I would love to happen. But it's given us a lot of um, opportunity and room to daydream. And I, I have to admit, like the last two and a half years with having Fox in our lives has brought us closer together. But it has also presented a lot of challenges in our marriage. Like people who have a baby to save their marriage. I'm like, who Who are you? <laughs> right. Maybe not the best move. A huge stressor on our marriage. But I feel like we've gotten to the other side of that, which is really exciting. And I don't know. I just like him a whole lot. So I, <laughs> well, sorry, I feel like I'm totally on a tangent and ranting about the dynamic. But I do think <laughs> that um, I do think that 
having being partnered up with someone who is good at things that you aren't good at or offering a sense of security whenever you're taking a risk is a really good thing. And even like, okay, in our business partnership, Emily, I feel like um, and in my partnership with Tara at Braid Creative too, like I might be freaking out about money and then my partner, like either you or Tara might be like, we're fine. But it's kind right? of good to have one person freaking out about making some money and one person having that sense of security and just reassuring the other person that it's all good. Yeah. David, that's totally mine and David's dynamic, which, um, cause he is the money man. Like he watches all the money coming in and out for both indie and being boss. And like he was telling me the other day, because we're switching from doing one-on-one work, one-on-one work to doing some digital product at indie, which has been like our bread and butter for so long. He's a little stressed about it. And I'm just like, what are you talking about? Like he can be stressed. It's fine. You watch the numbers. You let me know when things start getting scary, but until then you can just sit over there and do what you got to do. And, um, I'll focus on everything else. And I, I think that's the important thing is, is, I think, actually, I think where this all rolls up into, like, finding a good partner, husband or wife or whatever, um, is that, like, it's going to work if they're going to support you. Like, and not, like, financial support. Like, I don't need that. Um, but, like, emotional support around, like, what it is that you're doing. Um, you know, I, I've been having a shit day, personally. I've been all crabby all day. And I came in. It's like, I'm about to go record for like four hours with Kathleen. And David was like, well, you just know that you love us and you do great work. Or that we love you and you do great. And I was like, oh, thanks. Uh, I know. <laughs> I just came on in here. Like you, like someone who's that supportive of what you do, like things are going to be fine. And if, if you know, your partner isn't as supportive, ask them to be. Or ask them why they're not. Or whatever it may be. I think that, I think that creatives. Or break up with them. Right? Or ba Felicia. Like I'm certainly okay with that as well I have some boundaries in my life where if David David towed those too hard he'd be gone in a second uh, but I don't think that'll ever be the issue because um, I think he knows he knows um, but being a creative entrepreneur like working for yourself and doing creative work that's just emotional in itself like you need some you need some support and if someone isn't going to be there to support you then make some adjustments in whatever way that needs to happen um but also like pour energy back into those relationships you know david and i work together we're together 24 7 more or less and the way that we deal with that is we're both completely fine with like having our separate lives sometimes like I'll go have lunch whenever he'll never question it he'll go have drinks with whoever and I'll never question it like we're completely okay with having um with having these separate lives in some ways uh, because our life keeps us together so much. Um, But then we also turn off business really easily and we'll just sit on the porch and talk about that campground when we're 65, (laughs) whatever it may be. Um, We chatted with David in episode number 67 because he is our business manager and chief financial officer. And we were really curious about the dynamic between working together and having Um, a family together. And there is one thing that David said in that episode. I'm pulling it up right now. Oh, he said, you can't put energy into the business and expect it to compensate for the relationship. And that was so inspiring to me. And it really, just hearing you guys talk to each other and love each other, it really inspired me in my own relationship to put more energy into that relationship and it's totally paid off so where you put your energy will absolutely pay off 
Yeah, definitely. And that's and just wrapping this all up in like in all relationships. I think this is sort of the the common thread, whether it's your partner or your kid or, you know, making new friendships or nurturing old ones. Like if you want it to count, like if you want it to count for something in your life, if you want it to stay around and be good, put positive energy into it. Positive being the operative word here, because being a bitch (laughs) does not serve you in your relationships. Um, That's something I've been thinking about starting a fun little like hashtag or blog series or something about the life lessons I'm teaching my eight-year-old. Just like, you know, ask for what you want. Don't ask questions you know the answer to. Like those sorts of things because these like life lessons for an eight-year-old can be repeated for everyone. Like I feel like (laughs) I feel myself like saying these to my coaching clients sometimes. Um, And one of those is be kind. Like just to be kind. So that putting that positive energy into relationships. Guys, if you guys could see Lily, seriously, whenever it comes to our neighbors, like every time a new neighbor moves into our neighborhood, like on our block, she has this basket that she uses where she, she will, she'll go through the house and pick the most random things up, like a bag of popcorn and some rocks or stickers or, and like, she'll put together these little like welcome baskets for new neighbors and take them over there. Like one of the most like insanely kind people. And I think that, um, and that's how you nurture relationships and they all love her for it and they all love us for it because we created such a cool kid um and we're just like dude we did not make her this way like she'd be a hermit (laughs) if she was really from David and I um but I think that a lot can be learned from that um just be kind and make it a priority and you will have some really good relationships our kids are our greatest teachers huh (sighs) I think that's a cliche for sure but it's so true. It's cliche for a reason. Right? I know. David was saying the other day, I don't remember what he was doing. I, this, is, this is a horrible story that I'm telling you here. But something happened where he probably wasn't the most out of his way kind. I mean, he wasn't mean by any means. But like he was like, sometimes I feel like I'm teaching Lily to be a meaner person than she is. Like you kind of have to think about that. Um, definitely one of our... She teaches me tons of things, but I teach her some good shit, too. Um, one thing that I want to mention before we get off this podcast is that the relationships that you have that are in your creative network are so important as well. And along with being kind, I think that being generous is a really great quality to have with anyone you come across. I recently saw an article being shared on Facebook that was something like, here's what I'm really thinking when you want to pick my brain over coffee about social media. And it's like, you wouldn't expect this of a doctor and kind of going down that route. And while I agree, I don't know. I feel like I've built my business on coffee chats and being generous and kind and giving my attention and time to practically strangers. Right. So I I was thinking about this. I think this is a conversation David and I were having the other day is – 90% of the work that I do, I do for free. Like for yeah. absolute free. Absolutely. And like, but I don't even think about it anymore. Like whenever I thought about it, when I got, when I realized the place that I'd gotten to, and especially ending one-on-one client work, like the amount of time I do, or I spend writing like email funnels or blog posts or podcasting or like, or organizing like boss vacations. And granted, a lot of those things, like I get paid for later, 
But right now I'm doing all of that work for free. And I think I think that whenever we look up, look at what being boss has become over the past year and a half and over and what we know it will become and just how crazy and awesome things are, I think that's pretty pretty indicative of the fact that you and I are not afraid to be as generous with what we have as we possibly can. Um, but also, we're entrepreneurs in that we're going to make some money too, somehow. That 10% we monetize. But 90% of our time, we're working for free. Amen. Right? Amen. I think that's a good place to stop. <laughs> hey there, bosses. One of my favorite things about running an online business is being able to automate so much of my business. I love the tools that allow me to work smarter, not harder. One such tool that I use consistently in my business is ConvertKit, using them to automatically educate and sell to my new subscribers without me having to lift a finger. Kathleen and I are big fans of Drip Content, the sequence of emails that automatically goes out to subscribers when they join our list. These emails can introduce new subscribers to your brand and mission, let them know what they can expect from your emails, fill them in on your products and services, and more through a sequence of a few pre-written and scheduled emails. To employ this genius tactic for our businesses, we use ConvertKit to schedule these emails and track the effectiveness of them all in one place so we have control over the content that gets sent out and can make smart decisions when it comes time to check in on refreshing that content. If you're heavy on content generation in your online business, we recommend you check out ConvertKit. They totally helped us kick our email marketing up a very boss notch. Try ConvertKit for free for 30 days. Go to convertkit.com slash being boss to learn more. Thank you for listening to Being Boss. Please be sure to visit our website at beingboss.club where you can find show notes for this episode listen to past episodes, and discover more of our content that will help you be boss in work and life. Did you like this episode? Please share it with a friend and show us some love by leaving a rating and review on iTunes. Do the work, be boss, and we'll see you next week. Well, okay, we're done. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) No, really. We're finished here. Okay. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye. 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 Hey, there you go. Good job. (laughs) Okay, let me stop that recording.